right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And Not always. Most of the time. <laughs> as, as the normal always goes. So 95% of the time. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, so how did you enjoy your, your week off then? What, what did you do since you had so much free time? Um, you know, the occasional old man nap, you know, naps always a good thing. You know, you know, that whole saying early bird gets the worm. I don't know. Well, that's a terrible t- quote. Whoever came up with that was an idiot. <laughs> so, but I will tell you this, though. I'll give you a little story, okay? Went and saw the big movie Infinity Wars, okay? Right? Yeah. Went on Saturday night, so I, you know, my son and I go. I get, I go to the late show, right, the 10-15. So we're thinking, you know, I'm going to get out about, what, 1 o'clock, 1.30, get home about 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. Went there, get, you know, get the food, sit down, enjoying ourselves. And 40 minutes into the movie, I go to the restroom at a, at a part where it's real lull and there's not much happening. You know, there's very much, very little of that. I go to the bathroom, come back, and somebody comes out of the movie theater saying that the screen's down. And I walk in, and the screen is crapped out. The projector crapped out 40 minutes into the movie. So we had to sit there. And he goes, yeah, we'll rewind it. We're trying to get ourselves an extension cord. And I went, extension cord? (laughs) Extension cord? Where are you going to put it into the pop machine? Unplug the pop machine and plug it in there? Couldn't believe it. And then later on they said, yeah, we can't get it up and running. We'll refund your money or give you free passes to the next movie. And I'm like, so I've actually, I'm probably the only human being. By the way, that movie's made $650 million. I might be the only human being in this world. Who's seen that movie uh, once and a half? <laughs> once and a half? Yeah. My brother's already seen it twice. I've seen it once and a half. <laughs> nice. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually kind of a funny topic to bring up. Um, I did see you comment on a few things like that. So so you did wind up seeing it, though. I did. I saw it the next day, but, you know, I saw 40 minutes of it. So it's kind of a weird thing. I'm like... I saw a minute, and I saw, I probably seen three hours and 50 minutes of it. Three hours and, you know, 30 minutes of the movie. (laughs) If you tack on the 40 extra minutes. Yeah, it's weird, man. So, well, I got to go home and talk to my other boys who already saw it. And I'm like, yeah, we got to see 40 minutes of it. And we told them what it led up to. And then, of course, I pretty much taped their mouth shut after that so don't spoil it yeah yeah well i uh that definitely was a big conversation this weekend uh all around but the uh i i guess we come from two different perspectives because i'll go ahead and add my input or um perspective on the situation because i am the person of the unpopular opinion that i will probably never see that movie and I could probably care less. You're you're not a you're not a superhero guy, are you? Not really. I mean, I I I am, and I was, I guess you would say. But now it's just really, it's it's really old, in my opinion. I mean, I know, yeah, all the movies are done. I'll probably, um, 
see some of them along the way, but ever I, like I stopped watching most of them, and then I'm j- everybody's just like, "Oh, this one's really good. You got to go see it." And it has no real implication if you've seen the other one. So I'll go in and I'll watch it, and I'll be like, "That wasn't really that great." So I don't know if maybe I'm just getting ruined because everybody always hypes it up so much, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, the best movie ever, the best superhero movie ever." But it's just I don't know. I feel like they're very carbon copy ish. Okay. If you get what I mean. Right. So no, I can see why people think that. This movie is very epic though. Oh yeah, I bet. I mean when you get when you get that many characters, it's gonna be insane. So I can't Yeah, wait. that's and then that's the play on this movie is it's so incredibly difficult to get all these characters into one movie in a two hundred and forty two hour and forty minute movie and get them all to relate and work together. Usually, most people just bomb at directing stuff like that, but they did a really good job of getting all the characters doing well. So, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe I will someday, but uh, gosh, I haven't. There are quite a few that I haven't seen, and not to say that I'm not going to see any of them, but yeah, I've started passing <laughs> like, over. Fifty million, man, and we haven't even hit the uh, China market, and that's like one of the well, second biggest market in the country or in the entire world. It's like two weeks away from there. Yeah. So, yeah, we got they got a ways to go before they get to see it, and man, it's already made that much money. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I and I have like no, I mean, I have no beef with it really with anybody who likes it, but it's just kind, of, uh, and that's just kind of like I know there are some people who love it, some people who hate it, and then the people on both sides like fight back and forth with each other but just for me it's just kind of like no i mean i i remember i remember when superhero movies was were like one a year one every other year or something if that you know Mm -hmm. and now it's like one every other month it kind of reminds you of disaster movies remember that was the thing yeah it seemed like there's a disaster movie every month like the end of the world and, you know, apocalypse and there's all kinds of things going to happen. And, and the ozone or, you know, the global warming disaster movies, there's tornadoes. Yep. Yeah. And now you're kind of seeing this, but, uh, I think what it is is you're seeing people like me at my age who grew up with comics and reading them when I was a kid and then finally getting to see really good movies taking something a cool story in the comics and actually seeing it develop really well using you know computer graphics and things like that and doing a really good job when in the 80s and 90s we didn't really have that you know are you saying are you saying that the hulk tv show is not a good tv show (laughs) no that's a good point because that was a good tv show i have to admit that was a good one for back in the day that was pretty i remember watching that show oh yeah i know yeah, his hair is a little frizzy, but hey, you know, it was a thing, man. It was a, it was a big back then. But the, all the other characters, pretty difficult to do an Iron Man back in the eighties. I think that thing would have been really terrible. <laughs> I can't imagine. But you know, like Superman was really big back then. Yet, oh, Superman, yeah, it, you know that was a huge movie, real successful. Uh, I think they did a really good job for back then. But uh, yeah, there's only a certain amount of characters you could. Uh, use and have a good storyline, but I think now you're starting to see a lot of those characters that people really care about and liked and read as a comic. Um, I read Black Panther. I thought it was a great comic, and uh, and you got to see that really done really, really well. So 
uh, it's kind of a childhood dream thing coming true. So kind of, you know, want to get my lucky charms and a bowl of cereal and watch the movie. Yeah. Well, it it is what it is, and uh, to each their own. So, but not to uh, get stuck on the movie conversation too long, because I know that you and I could do a separate conversation entirely on that. But uh, to get to the main content, actually, before we do, I'll say this real quickly. I'll apologize. I may have to go back and listen to this. We had some kind of a glitch thing here with our audio right as soon as we started. So I'm afraid that that. Uh, annoying buzzing something might be in the background again because I had to change a couple things. So if that happens, I apologize. It's kind of work in progress, but uh, that is not going to keep us from recording this week because there's definitely plenty to talk about. And speaking of plenty to talk about, we'll have to. <laughs> nice. I was wondering if you're going to do that. We'll have to talk about the battle that was hard fought, took forever, and some might say that there were some idiots on one side that just dragged their feet and finally the war is over. Yeah. And uh, Shea Patterson Friday, Friday, Thursday, it was Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah. I believe, yeah, because I recorded on, on Wednesday night. That's what it was. I recorded really late. I believe it was on Wednesday night. Either way, I recorded and then the next last week and then the next day it was announced that Shea Patterson was ruled eligible. So, you know, go figure. Yeah. Yeah. Hard fought battle, but um, battling the NCAA, Old Miss. And to see if he's going to be eligible, and I guess, you know, he he's going to be eligible to play, and I think it's by the narrowest of margins from what I heard. So um, they barely got him through, and you know what? It's good news for him. It's good news for Michigan. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, not saying at all that I would have wanted it to happen, but if he didn't get it, I can't imagine the uproar that there would have been from the national media and everything. Not that, not that, it would do anything, you know, but there were already people that were, uh, I don't know if you would say fighting or arguing about it or thinking that was nonsense on the NCA dragging their feet about it. So, yeah, yeah. It seemed to me, well, you and I have already talked about talking about the NCA and, or this whole, uh, sooner or later, I think they're going to have some sort of like, uh, these players and some sort of like, um, contract or something going on with them that that's going to change the, the way they are eligible when they want to transfer from a college. I think something's going to go on, especially in, in his particular case where, you know, it seemed to me that they were lying to him at Old Miss, uh, the coaches, they fed him a lot of, uh, baloney and crap and, and, and he had the paperwork to back it up. And, and a lot of things were in his favor with it. And, you and I even said, you know, a lot of times NCA doesn't grant that um, just because they need to stick to the rules. And you know what? This might be one of those rules where it's going to bend some. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you start seeing more players doing this this route saying, hey, you know what? I was going to the school. This is what they told me um, would happen. They lied to me. Uh, they were definitely uh, when you have a coach with sanctions. A school that has sanctions on them, 
um, they weren't aware of it. And I think you're going to see more of this happening with other uh, uh, players. And I'm all for it. Uh, you know, I think if a player has went through what Shea did, I think they have the right to transfer and start right away and not be held out a year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've had that conversation before where <clears throat> they really need to take a look at this because, unfortunately, uh, this these sanctions and issues are not going away. If anything, they're becoming more common. So, yeah. But to say that you put responsibility and or trust in the NCAA to do anything quickly or anything responsibly, I'm not holding my breath at all for that. So, No, no not at all. Yeah. yeah, but it will truly be exciting. And, I mean, from everybody's expectations, it's – I mean, they say that's an open uh, – open competition right now, which I'm sure that they're not making any decisions anytime soon for the quarterback battle. But a lot of people have been saying that Shea Patterson is the heavy favorite and actually that one of the people close behind him is Joe Milton. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, of course, there's still plenty of time left. I mean, we're here. It's going to be May <clears throat> May here tomorrow, uh, but there's still plenty of time before uh, September comes around. So uh, a lot could easily change. Well, yeah, and you're right. And Jim Harbaugh is already or the players, and he, Jim Harbaugh is already saying, you know, it's a quarterback competition. Obviously, no one really has a starting position, and that's Jim Harbaugh for you. That's the way he works. Is you're not going to know. I think we've been, what, through four years of this now, <laughs> four or five years of going into the year, and the quarterback competition is up in the air or up for competition, so for competitive. And to me, you know, my my only opinion is, you know, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I know it helps f to find the right guy to play the best. And um, to me, I always like some sort of security blanket, you know, especially at the – the, probably the most important position at quarterback where, you know, you had an, when Jim Harbaugh had Andrew Luck at Stanford, he knew that he'd be the starter for at least two to three years. And that's the kind of guy I want. And Shea seems to be that kind of player where, you know, he's got a lot of swag to him. Um, very mobile, a strong kid, very uh, confident. And I think Michigan needs a quarterback that's very confident. And um, it's pretty crowded in the backfield with quarterbacks right now. Um, it was interesting to hear Milton uh, mention uh, that the, he thinks it's a four-way uh, uh, tie for the quarterback position right now. And and I love that kid. I tell you what, that's exactly what Michigan needs here is Milton, somebody like that who loves Michigan, who's going to compete his butt off and could possibly win this if he wanted to because he's that talented. And for him to say that is I, I, bold. It's bold because you got Shea Patterson who's quite successful and doing well and, like you said, the heavy favorite. But uh, it to me it shows me that there's only there's going to be a couple quarterbacks that are probably going to transfer, you know, and I don't know who that is. But uh, you're going to see a lot of competition – into this and you and I obviously put money on Shea Patterson being the starter, but, uh, it's, it's, it is quite interesting though. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, 
And, yeah, to go back to what you were saying about uh, confidence and leadership, that was uh, – I had – I think it was – yeah, last week I think it was. Um, I was about to do the episode with somebody who was visiting me. Uh, he played college football and um, is a Michigan football fan and things like that. And uh, he was up visiting me, and we said if we had time, we were going to sit down and record an episode. But uh, – just to get uh, another perspective on some things, but we were too busy. He was in here for a short period of time. We were visiting with him as many people as possible while he was staying with me. But uh, he had a lot to say about kind of those things and looking back on the 2017 season and uh, how the documentary, documentary focused on the quarterbacks and what he thought of the leadership and the confidence and those things. And it was really kind of interesting. So I might bug him sometime and see about him uh, sharing those thoughts, maybe even just leaving a voicemail sometime. But, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. I kind of feel – and not to sit on the subject too long, but I kind of feel like last year was just like, okay, we're going to do what we can with what we have. Like we have to do what we can with what we have. And this year is more of, okay, now we have options. Now we have uh, plenty of options to go with. Um, Not not necessarily really taking anything away from people last year, but, I mean, you know, you only had two experienced quarterbacks, um, only one who had played for Michigan. Right. uh, Really, any uh, quality of time and everything. So... Yeah, it was kind of a, a weird situation. So this year, I don't know. Of course, people are being optimistic, and I'm being optimistic about it. But yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see. I'm still disappointed that we missed out on the spring game to be able to like get some more insight and to be able to see things uh, firsthand. But we'll be just watching all the more close, uh, closely then as things move forward. Yeah, and you're right. We're talking about even the offense being so young. I mean, you know, we're just kind of. You know, talking talking about a lot of players, especially on the offense, that was just kind of, uh, you know, getting their feet wet with Michigan. You know, and so um, with the receiver position, and um, you know, that's a key position to the quarterback. And a lot of times, you know, the receivers at that at that particular time, they always have a tough time getting off the line of scrimmage and getting blocked out, and then running the route the correct routes. You know, learning the playbook. And that's always difficult the first year. But now this year, we got veterans. we got uh, a lot of key guys coming back. Tariq Black's going to be back after his injury. Um, uh, Peoples Jones is going to be doing well. Um, we got so many good players. And we got veterans. And that's the key right there is we got some veterans now coming back on the defense and offense. So, And then you got Shea Patterson along with that and kind of encompassing that. And we're talking about a player who a lot of experience at Old Miss. Um, It it is an interesting statistic that Michigan last year, all combined quarterbacks through for what, 2,250 something like 2,226 yards combined. And Shea Patterson uh, two, in 2017 or 16 had 2,259 
in seven games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, he already beat him throwing the ball <laughs> with a combined. So it tells you how, let's say, inept we were at passing and getting the ball down the field and throwing and, and getting touchdowns uh, through the air. So he significantly brings so much more to Michigan and the offense that I think you're right. I think you're looking at uh, it's going to be a little bit different Michigan offense that we're used to. I think anybody that thinks thinks that Michigan is going to be similar to last year, I doubt it. Just because anytime you got to change a quarterback, um, you know, and receivers that are doing well, and and the defense is, I think the defense will look the same and do really, really well. But yeah, it's going to be different. But uh, it is Jim Harbaugh running the offense, so. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so uh, we have other things to get to here in a minute about Michigan football, but I actually kind of want to inter- interject and kind of throw a little bit of a curveball in here um, because it was an interesting conversation. And maybe if, if this goes on longer than I kind of anticipated, well, maybe we'll do it for another episode as well. But um just thinking about the 2017 season, some other things. I was having a conversation with um, our our friend Brandon about some different things, and something interesting came up where, um, you know, when something sears into your memory and you remember it uh, so vividly, kind of, you know? I mean, obviously, when you're at a big game and you and something happens, you remember it. Yeah. But then there are those times when you're not necessarily at the game, but you're at somewhere else. And it's not necessarily the biggest moment, but for some reason you remember specific details from mm-hmm. years ago. I kind of want to ask you this. And like I said, I know it's kind of weird that I'm throwing this in here now, but I wanted to say it now before I forget it. And then we have a couple other things here with Michigan football to touch on. But has there was there anything in uh, Michigan – watching Michigan football through the years, not live in an event. So you're watching the game somewhere or something that is just oddly seared into your memory. Um, and I'll give you the example, uh, kind okay. of the examples that Brandon and I talked about. Brandon and I were just randomly having a conversation and he was talking about um, an experience they had before the Lions Owen uh, 16 season. Mm-hmm. And he was saying um, it was the first season, uh, first game of the season. They were playing the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Ryan, um, Matthew Ryan, throwing a touchdown pass. I think he even specifically remembered it being like his actual first pass of the game or something like that. He knew what he was wearing. He knew who, what he was with. He knew what was going on. He knew exactly what he did um, in frustration and different things like that. And uh, he was wearing a specific lines Jersey and he took it off and he said, I'm not going to, and he remembers not wearing it again for the entire season and, you know, crazy things like that. Mm-hmm. So the weird rant and, and that's, you know, not, it's not like a Super Bowl game. It's not a playoff game. It's not a rivalry game. So uh, for me, the thing that I distinctly remember, which is kind of weird, it does fall in a rivalry game, but I was listening to, I think it was the 2009 Michigan State-Michigan game right? Uh, on my car radio because I was going in between two places because it was the, uh, the overtime game back with uh, yeah. Connor Cook. And, yeah. um, I think Cousins 
uh, was in it. I know who the Michigan quarterback is, and I'll get to that in a second. But okay. uh, Rich Rod. Um, so uh, it was back then. I, I remember specifically the road I was driving down, what section of the road I was on, me turning at an intersection. It was overtime. Michigan was going down, and they were looking like they were going to win it because I think they were down by a field goal, and they had to get a touchdown or something. Right. Um, so I, I remember I make the turn. They're talking about it. Tate Forcier is the quarterback for the offense, and I can remember almost exactly where I was on the road when they uh, announced that Tate Forcier had thrown a, a pick in the end zone. <laughs> and, and that was it, and the game was over. And it was just like, that was it, done. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally, totally ruined the day and everything. But I don't know why I specifically remember that one because there are plenty of other games, you know, uh, closer games, bigger, more important games. Some of them that I remember specific details for, but that's kind of a weird one. So is there a Michigan game that you didn't go to, maybe it wasn't the biggest thing, but that you just oddly remember such specific details about something that happened, whether maybe it was a good game or a bad game? I do actually. It's pretty interesting, and it's one of those games where, um, it's crazy. It was in um, the Brady Hoke era. I think that's I believe Brady Hoke in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, and um, I remember I was taking a like a reference trip with one of my coworkers, and we were going to um, on the east side of Michigan. So we're heading there. Uh, no, yeah, sorry, West Side of Michigan. Just doing some reference, and I remember being at the. I know exactly what stoplight we are. We're at. I know what gas station they had to uh, get gas, <clears throat> and I remember listening to the radio. And this person was like, "Are you going to be okay?" And it was the game with Michigan uh, versus, and you're not going to believe it, Akron. Do you remember that game? It was like Akron at the five-yard line or, like, at the goal line. And if Akron scores, they're going to win the ball and beat us, Akron, of all the colleges. And I remember, like, freaking out listening to this. And we had to make a defensive stop in order to do that. And I remember what light we were at. And I remember what gas station. And I remember me freaking out at that moment. And we haven't even, like, left – uh, East Lansing yet to go. And it was like one of those games where I was so angry because of the very fact that it was Akron and we should be beating them. And they were just taking it to us. And I think we barely got out of that game. I, I believe at the last play, wasn't it? Like, I, I think it was 28 to 24 or something like that. Yeah. I've got, I just looked it up. It was 28 to 24. So. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like, and I remember Akron, quarterback was looking for they had like a six foot five or six foot six receiver that they couldn't stop they just kept tossing the ball up and he kept getting he's like calvin johnson you know that tall just reaches up and gets it and everybody else is just trying to like like jump up as much as they can to get it and they can't (laughs) and they kept doing that and they kept scoring and yeah that was one of the games i just could not believe it and yeah those games it's weird how they stick with you they weren't as important. I mean, they're not important like, you know, the Michigan State beating us and, you know, with a fumble punt and all that stuff. But I'm talking about those are the kind of games I'm talking about that sear in your brain that you're not sure why they stick with you, but they do. Yeah. 
Yep, absolutely. Because, yeah, that, that's a very good thing because that was a big year. It was Harbaugh's first year at Michigan and everything. And that Michigan State game I was thinking of, I don't think it was really that big of a deal. I mean, it was Rich Rod. And, I mean, that was kind of at the beginning of the the downfall for Michigan and the MSU rivalry and everything. But, yeah, those it's like the, the horror moments stick with you. Yeah. Yeah, it was a horror game because we're going to actually lose to the Akron Zips. Yeah. <laughs> Zipper, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't um, – was uh, Jim Tressel at Akron at that time? I don't know. I thought there I was like a weird thing where like somebody was uh, – Yeah. Um, uh, what was it? What, like somebody from Ohio State or something like that was working there. Uh, da, 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 da. No, it's not really showing me anything, but I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. But, yeah, anyways, I thought that was kind of an interesting conversation that we were having because it's just like yeah. it's not it's not the really good things, and it's not necessarily like the really bad things where, for instance, like if Brandon had t- told the story where it was the 16th game of the season – and he watched the Lions lose and have the uh, winless season. It was the very first game, right? And so he had no no clue that that was going to happen for the season. That was the Rich Ride game. That was not you know not the craziest thing. And that was the Akron game. I mean, yeah, that would have been another big upset and terrible for Michigan happening at home and things like that. But yeah, just those interesting things because yeah, everybody's going to remember where they were with the the fumbled kick and um, most likely the failed two-point conversion and whatever it was, 2014-13 with Ohio State. And uh, yeah. and then, of yeah, course, the – yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are given. Those are the ones where, you know, you're talking about the, the loss to Appalachian State. You're talking about the MSU loss with the fumbled punt, the JT Short one. You know, everybody's going to kind of remember those – collectively Michigan fans are going to know where they were or whatever, because they're such big impactful games. But these are like the ones you're talking about. Like you can't really understand why it sticks with you, but it does, you know, and that's just a particular game. I don't know why I remember it. Just, it was one of those things where I just cannot believe that we're going to probably end up losing the Akron zips. And it comes down to, uh, uh, I think it was like a third and goal or something or a second and goal by uh, the Akron Zips to beat us. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, interesting little side conversation there. So might uh, have other thoughts on that later. Other interesting things that come up. But uh, but other things are going on with Michigan football because obviously um, they are – or most of the team is out of the country now in France uh, doing the um, – I always just want to call it study abroad, but they're traveling abroad again. Last year was Italy. This year is France. And, uh, of course, they're visiting some of the main areas. I I don't know if I'm up to date on everything where they've been so far because here it is Monday night. And they have gone to uh, Normandy, uh, the Normandy Beach. They've done some activity like paintball, uh, mechanical bull riding, They've been to uh, Versailles, yep. the museum where the Mona Lisa is. Yeah, how cool is that, man? Yeah. 
That's pretty amazing, knowing that you got probably the most expensive painting in in ever painted, right in your eye, right by you're looking right at it, <laughs> and pretty crazy, man. I'm a, that's probably priceless. I heard so. Yeah, and uh, am I am I missing anything? I'm trying to. I mean, of course, they've done some other sightseeing. They've they played some sports. I think they played, didn't they play soccer against some local people? I did mention this last time that yeah. um, they are not practicing overseas like they did last year. Right. Um, so that's uh, a difference in the cost this year because last year they took all their practice equipment over there. They're not doing that this year. Um, they just went over there and are, I mean, it's basically all... Um, student stuff, you know, uh, education. I mean, of course, there's some fun activities and everything, but so. Um, and then the inter- uh, one of the interesting things that popped up was uh, uh, Quinn Nordine. Yeah, <laughs> showing the guns. Yeah, the kicker uh, showing off his guns with the sleeveless shirt, playing paintball, <clears throat> and he got pretty beat up. And my first thing was just kind of like, hey. Personally, I don't really care. Just don't shoot him in the leg. So, right. <laughs> I mean, if, if he if his arm hurts, I think he'll still be able to kick okay. But just don't shoot the leg or anything. Have you ever played paintball? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have too, and it it hurts, man. And you can see the welts on his arms. I don't know why he went sleeveless. By the way, <laughs> oh, it, it's one of those, uh, you know, who's who's the bigger man? Kind of. It's kind of like why why guys don't wear long sleeves when they play in Green Bay during the winter. Yeah, they go take the shirt off in the the frozen tundra. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm a a big enough man for it. So, yeah, I've played some – I don't know if I've ever done sleeveless, but, I mean, I've done short sleeve before, uh, shirt. Um, Man, I thought I had kind of like an interesting – paintball story but of course i mean you see the great pictures uh uh out there of don brown and jim harbaugh playing um and uh actually it was pretty funny because one of the stories that you can read and find on there i'm not sure i'm sure it was probably reported on by several different people but um there was the story that don brown shared of he was he was in was it Paris specifically or at least France before already at one time and he was trying to find coffee and he couldn't find (laughs) just regular coffee so he got like several shots of espresso in a cup (laughs) he probably doesn't even know what that is (laughs) yeah and so he was like he was apparently like all hyped up and like super active Don Brown so one can only imagine what that had to be like for him uh, to be uh going through that. But then also I think he even said that he thought he was going to have a heart attack because of all the espresso that I had. So, I mean, do we want, I mean, that, I guess it'd be, you know, it'd be interesting if let's say Michigan's losing a game this year, you know, in the at halftime, someone just like goes, says, look, we got to get Don Brown some espresso and just <laughs> give it to him. And then he just freaking goes nuts, man. He's already hyped up. Oh yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't need the espresso, but I mean, it would be, it would be interesting to know what the difference would be. So, <laughs> totally, yeah. And how cool was it to see you know the Michigan grad assistant James Ross 
proposing to his girlfriend. So that was really cool to see. And, um, at, um, Versailles, Palace of Versailles and things like that. So that was really, really, really neat. And, um, congratulations to him and, and, um, very cool. Um, so yeah, they're having a good time. That's really cool to see and you get to see, I, I, in a way I kind of like the fact that they don't have to worry about practice because I think they're just kind of taking a little break and then they're going to probably really hit it, uh, when they get back and they know it. And, and, you know, a lot of colleges take uh, time off, you know, they do it a little bit different and Jim Harbaugh did it this way. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, um, I think, I think it's good too. I, I like it. I, I mean, um, would it have been a benefit or not? I, I don't really know, but I think it's good to just have it as a student trip. And I don't really see uh, it. If it's something like this where they're just taking the team, I don't see how in any way that the NCAA could try to block this because it's no longer really mm-hmm. a football ploy. I mean, I know that he's doing it specifically with the football team, but he's not doing the practice, the open practices. He's not out there, you know, uh, with the football team doing football drills and things like that. Um, he is still doing some things. Um, I think he did or is going to do some kind of a football seminar. Um, cause there was, uh, an article about their, um, about American football in France. And it was really kind of interesting to read. Right. Um, you guys should look around for, it. I can't, I retweeted at one point, but it, uh, so he's doing, he did, or is doing a seminar and it was completely sold out or they, uh, maybe it wasn't even a charge. I mean, there were so many tickets to it and, Uh, They were given out or sold, and, you know, there were plenty of people still wanting to get in there and see it. So, I mean, that's kind of a cool opportunity Um, because that's that's another thing, too, that um, is an interesting perspective to take is because there is the interest in American football in Europe. But they were even saying in the article that most of it is with the NFL. But with all the new options of streaming things online, more and more people are getting into college football. And, of course, Jim Harbaugh, since it seems like everybody between here and Anchorage, Alaska, has to be talking about him. Uh, he's a headline, so a lot of people in Europe know about him and knew about him. So uh, it was kind of a big thing for them that Jim Harbaugh was there to be able to yeah, speak with them. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, you can see, man, even Michigan fan base is pretty big over there. I mean, it was really cool to see. So, And that's uh, not surprising. But, uh, yeah, they really brought out the red carpet for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, and that's really, really cool to see. So a lot of fan, Michigan fans there in Paris. So. Yeah. There and everywhere. So I uh, do you know when they come back? I don't. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I didn't see a uh, – oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Itiner- no, not an itinerary. What is it? A schedule? Right. There's a specific word I'm looking for. But, uh, yeah, I didn't see a specific schedule for them on when they're supposed to be back. So, um, But a really cool experience. It's another one of those things, too, where I think uh, and that some of the teammates have even talked about what it did last year for uh, building team camaraderie. And so hoping for similar things again this year. And so we'll see how it turns out. And uh, excited for them. 
it'll be great. It's uh, a cool experience. I mean, because who knows, some of them might not get another opportunity to get out of the country. So with with everything they go through and with the fact on how much money they bring in for the university and things like that, I think opportunities like this should just be, you know, mm. uh, a no-brainer to be able to give them when you can. So, Yeah, and I think it's a good chance, you know, they do this because – I think he really, really cares about the players, and I think he wants to build a rapport with them, you know, like uh, much more than just a coach-player um, a friend, a friendship, you know what I mean, and, and get to know Jim Harbaugh probably a little bit more on the outside of just football. And I think that's what these trips are for, um, a bonding moment, and actually to bond with Jim Harbaugh and the staff too. And that's always a good thing to know that you can actually – you know, maybe say something to him and he'll listen and things like that, that he's not unapproachable, that Jim Harbaugh is very approachable. And that's probably what these trips are all for. And, uh, heck, that's great. I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, any, anything else with, uh, the France trip or anything like that? Any, oh, there was uh, one other thing that you wanted to talk about. I almost forgot. Oh, about the commit? Yes, uh, there was news that came out today about a new commit for Michigan. So, Yep, we had a commit, uh, Carson Barnhart, uh, 2019. Was it 2019, though? Um, he's a three-star offensive tackle, uh, which is very much in need. <laughs> so that's uh, good news for that tackle position that we desperately need. Uh, He's a big guy, 6'4", 282 pounds. Um, you know, his final three were Michigan, Michigan State, and Indiana. So, And uh, he took a while to commit, but then he finally pulled the trigger and committed to Michigan. So he's a big boy. Uh, I saw some tape on him. Uh, he, he is a, he, he's been recruited by Ed Warner quite a bit, So, which really is interesting. Uh, he loves, He's from Paw Paw, so he does know Michigan real well. Um uh, he's got he's got great power, uh, got a, a lot of speed, which is great in offensive tackle. The only thing is, is he stand he's a little bit upright when he stands. He's going to have to get a little bit lower against you know uh, Ohio State linemen because he's going up against high schoolers and he's just mowing them over, <laughs> which is good to see. But uh, the very fact is, he's going to have to probably get a little bit lower because he stands up a little bit tall at the. At the snap position, he's, he stands up, but he's going to have to get lower. But good uh, pickup from Michigan. We're going to need that. Um, and I think that adds, man, I think we've got like three or four guys on the offensive line now at that position. So it's a really, really good uh, grab for Michigan. So um, I think he's going to be in the same class as uh, Hoban, who's offensive guard, Rumler. Um, uh Oh, uh, Rumler, he's from, uh, Hoban is from uh, Rumler, uh, Lo uh, Loganville, Georgia, and then Grayson, four-star offensive tackle, Trent Jones, and then um, off offensive tackle, Jack Stewart, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, offensive uh, line is definitely something that <laughs> we'll be watching recruits for some time, but uh, good stuff for sure. Yeah. And uh, with Ed Warner, uh, I think that things will 
turn for the better, and we'll watch how that goes. So, And, of course, there have been some other recruits uh, – updates and things like that over the past couple of weeks that we might have to go back to here uh, next week to discuss um, so that we don't miss out on them or anything. Uh, but we'll be reviewing some things, talking about that. There might be some other things. Oh, actually, you know what? I for- forgot that uh, there are other topics that we're going to have to touch on next week as well. But I think that'll wrap it up for us this week. Um... So next week, actually, I think we've got a full slate. And, of course, there will be more conversation to have what's going on with Michigan football as they're in France. Um, highlights and different things to talk about with that. And as always, if you guys uh, ever want to, though, call in, share topic ideas, or just share your thoughts about what's going on, uh, you can always contact us uh, on Twitter by email or the voicemail. Uh, we're at Blue Bros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig for Twitter. Email is bluebrotherssportscast at gmail.com. And the voicemail, uh, which is kind of our favorite because you can get your voice right here on the show, is 551-258-3276. That's 551-BLUE-BRO. So uh, anything before we sign off, Craig? Nope. No, not at all. It's good to be back. So, All right. Well, we hope you guys have an awesome week. We're back here releasing our episode earlier on in the week, which is kind of nice to get that out there for you guys so you can listen to it during the week with whatever you're doing. But we hope you guys have a good one, and we will be uh, getting ready for next week, and we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue. <laughs>